Tianzi, what shall we do? This is indeed a grave matter. Well... Failure. The prince was unable to complete his task. Not another cut down in the prime of life. My daughters have caused the deaths of so many. Curses on the day they were born with such beauty and such cruel hearts. They are your only offspring, Tianzi. Here is the prince. You sought my younger daughter Luo's hand, knowing her vow and that of her sister. The one fair is she, you must make laugh or face the penalty of death. The eldest kicks I to make her speak or die. Now must come your punishment, noble foreigner. Have mercy. I made a promise long ago to them, granting my daughters Whatever they wished, the prince must be put to death. He knew the price of failure when he attempted to win the princess. Yeah, it is done. But how many more before this is ended? Broken Sea Audio Productions presents Maudlin Series 2, Episode 7, The Silent Princess. Jolly good, Worsley. Highest marks. Yes, although... This won't last long, you pathetic little swine. Oh, quite refined, Colchester. How long did it take you to come up with that one? <laughs> I say, this success of yours is cause for a celebration. Come along. We'll go to the Eagle and Child. Pity Westbrook isn't here. Can you believe it? He's actually in his room studying. By Jove, really? So sorry. You were dancing with yourself. Tut tut. <laughs> Nonsense. There isn't a law against that. Anything to avoid studying. Although he did have a point. I should have been working on that paper. <sighs> what the I told you to be quiet. Whoa. So you do have a girl in here. I don't what? How where did she come from? Indeed. And awfully pretty. How did you do it, Westbrook? Hello there. Name's Colchester. What's wrong with her? Doesn't she speak? Father! Father! My sister is gone! Princess Sizi missing? We have searched everywhere! She must have been captured! Impossible! Call the Royal Guard! Summon the Council of Warlords! We shall find the one responsible! 
and grind him to dust. It shall be done, Tianzi. Gan, is there a geisha show somewhere about? What is geisha? I am the most honorable Princess Lu of China. I demand to be taken to my sister straight away. Um, sister? Would she be wearing a costume as well? She is garbed in the royal robes. I see. Well, I haven't noticed anyone of that description. Sorry. Ugh. <laughs> Why do they allow animals in here? I don't know what it's like where you come from, but Miss Cuddlykins is not an animal. I mean, she's my dog. You can't really be against my dog, can you? Over here, darling. Three quid, five p? What? Oh, yes, of course. You're handsome. Would you care to apply for my hand? I believe we're both happy with the hands we've got, thanks. <laughs> what? Oh dear, I laughed. Oh, you poor <gasps> thing. We'll find your sister for you. Never fear. It is not that. I laughed. Now I must marry the yellow-haired foreigner. I say that doesn't seem to follow. I should think not. I mean. You're rather lovely and all that, but <laughs> your highness, calm yourself and explain. Oh, Atherton, you can be so unfeeling. <laughs> I took an oath never to laugh, and then whoever asked to be married to me would either make me laugh within four hours or die. <laughs> Good thing I'm such an amusing fellow. Indeed. I don't understand. That only applies to someone who wants to marry you. I never dreamed someone wouldn't. Now I'm disgraced. The one time I actually succeed in amusing someone. You're amusing, Worsley. Not always intentionally, of course. Why don't we have a look for a sister? Perhaps she isn't quite so odd, and we'll be able to work this out. I give up. There must be something we can do to induce her to speak. We've tried everything. A brick wall would be more forthcoming, though not as pleasant to look at. Have you finished that uh, Spencer paper yet? Last week, why? Oh, Cece! You're safe! Cece, the most terrible thing has happened. A man made me laugh. Whatever you do, keep strong and do not speak. She doesn't talk? Well, that explains a lot. I thought it was just us. Then you are both doomed unless you can persuade her to speak in the next hour. Pardon? It is the law. Do not worry. I hear beheading from a sharp sword is swift and painless. Painless? What is happening to me? She's fading. Ah! I will return to pass judgment on you both. The princesses are gone. She... 
She was joking regarding the sword bit. I don't think she was. But I can't die. I'm too clever to die. Go lock yourself in your rooms then. Coward. Always running. Typical. <clears throat> what? We should arm ourselves. If she returns with an army of Chinese warriors... Don't even think it! Are you ready? No. Cavalry? Archers? Some sort of equivalent to Pac-Man? Not to mention the foot soldiers with swords larger than my wardrobe! Don't exaggerate, Worsley. If they weren't coming to kill us, I'd think all the bright colors were quite lovely. They they won't kill me. After all, I'm apparently engaged to the younger princess. If you stood in the way of executing Westbrook, they might. Uh, in that case, I think I'll just pop over to my rooms and... Worsley. Oh, this is just brilliant. What's going on? They're splitting into several columns. No doubt one is coming for us the other for Colchester. How could they possibly know where either of us are? I don't know. How are ancient Chinese warriors at the college in the first place? Honestly. Open in the name of the Son of Heaven. Perhaps if I just got into this closet here for a moment. Worsley, you chose to join us in this stand. Perhaps I'd had a few too many. <laughs> you don't drink. It was worth a try. Oh dear. You have been sentenced to death for your failure to hold discourse with the Princess Cece within the allotted two hours. That's it! You're just gonna give up on me? I thought we were fighting them! Most noble warrior of China, my friend was not given the full two hours. There was one hour left when the princess was taken from his presence. I demand the full time be allowed him before you pass sentence. Is this true? It is. I, I give my word. Very well. I shall grant you and the other prince the time you request. Bring him. I protest. My family is... We stay the punishment. At last. You've come to your senses. After one hour, you will die. Wait. Wait, that's not bloody fair. One hour. Here is the princess. Nice weather lately, isn't it, Princess? Nice weather? My life is on the line. Mine isn't. Gentlemen, we must work together. Now that you wasted half an hour... It wasn't wasted! And if this timepiece is correct, it was hardly... I say we torture her until she speaks. Well, let me think. No! But they'll kill us. I have a suspicion they would in any case if you put her to any harm. This reminds me of a girl I knew back on the ranch. She was the daughter of the grocer. Pretty little thing. So shy I could never get her to say a word to me. How did you manage it then? <sighs> I didn't. She's probably still back there silently sweeping. And the point of that charming little tale was? There was this other chap she'd speak to. And? Once upon a time there was... A bloody American using precious time for his intolerable tales when he should be trying to save my life. Our lives. Just hear me out. Once upon a time, there was a rich princess that everyone wanted to marry. She had three suitors. Your must choose between the three princes, my dear. I know not which one is worthiest. I shall send them out into the world to learn a trade. 
and whichever returns the cleverest, you shall marry. That sounds a very fine idea, Father. Ah, here is the crossroads. We must needs part. Indeed. Though I shall return positively to claim the princess as my own. I wouldn't be too sure about that. Let us agree to meet here in a year's time and go together to the king. Indeed. I can then watch your disappointment as we travel, knowing that I shall be the one the princess chooses. You wish. And so the three princes each journeyed for a year's time, learning a skill. At long last, they returned to the crossroads. I have indeed won the princess, for I can now travel anywhere in the world within the time of a thought. I would you travel away from here. I have learned to see what is happening in distant lands without being actually present. Ah, but I now have the skill of a great healer, and can bring even one who is deathly ill to life. <laughs> what is it? The princess! I see her now on her deathbed! She's in the last throes of life and none can save her! The doctors have all failed! I could heal her! I have with me an ointment that will cure any illness! You would never get there in time. Why are you all looking at me? And so the prince who could travel in an instant returned to the princess's side in time to save her life. The question, gentlemen, is who deserved her hand in marriage? Clearly the prince who could travel with such speed and brought her the ointment, of course. Without it, the princess would have died. Nonsense. If the other prince had not seen the princess was ill, they would have arrived at the palace to find her already dead. I agree. She should most definitely marry the chap who saw she needed assistance in the first place. That is all very well, but unlike Worsley, I agree the prince who brought the ointment was the one who truly saved the princess. Nonsense. It was he who saw her from a distance. The one who travelled. The distance. It would be a crime to give her in marriage to anyone other than the one who came to her side in time. You fools! How could you forget that without the ointment itself, the princess would surely have died? Clearly, the healer deserves her. Ha! Oh, I did not just say that. Westbrook, that was brilliant! <laughs> I remembered what the other chap did with the grocer's daughter. He told dull tales to her. No, he waxed hot on a subject which she was bound to disagree with him on. I think this entire affair has been appalling. Good riddance. <sighs> you have won me, handsome stranger. Thank you for the honor, but I must decline. I shall think of you. That's it. She just fades out again. What were you expecting? And what was that noise? What noise? The sort of... Oh, never mind. And wait a moment, you were stalling the entire time. <laughs> it worked, didn't it? Maudlin Series 2, Episode 7, featuring the voice talent of Mark Kalita as Percy Atherton. So, Westbrook, why did you not attempt to argue with the grocer's daughter? Peter Franson as John Westbrook. I did not wish to begin a friendship with a dispute. David MacGyver as Nigel Worsley. Isn't that what friends spend most of their time doing anyway? Fiona Throw as Sophie Roberts. Not through any design, surely. David Alt as Winston Colchester. My friends do not argue with me as I would only thrash them. Ha! <laughs> Alex Gilmore as the Emperor. Tiense. Oh, a thousand pardons. Um, 
Abner Sinuris as the warlord. You dare address my master without the proper respect? Stop! Don't kill her. She hasn't said my credit yet. Alexa Chipman as Slade. Thank you. You may now kill the narrator. What? I shall defend you, my lady. Yes, thank you. <laughs> uh, Katie Turnit as Princess Kixie. Katie Dennett as Princess Kixie? Um, my sister doesn't talk, remember? Good point. Also, Katie Dennett as Princess Liu. That's me! Paul Campbell as Pubgoer 1. Where's my cute soda? Alexa Chipman as Pubgoer 2. Shh! Quiet, Miss Cuddlebykins. Written, cast, and directed by Alexa Chipman. Produced, engineered, and co-directed by Stevie K. Farnaby. Music by Spare Parts at beerfeed.com slash spareparts and also from Southern Horizon at southern-horizon.com Remember, brokensea.com is your address for more behind the scenes of Maudlin and other audio drama offerings. This is not in any way affiliated with Maudlin College and is for entertainment purposes only. Released in 2009. Coming soon to Gypsy Audio. I attribute it to the superior quality of the wine, sir. I have often observed that in married households, the champagne is rarely of a first-rate brand. Good heavens! Is marriage so demoralizing as that? I believe it is a very pleasant state, sir. I have had very little experience of it myself up to the present, as I have only been married once. That was in consequence of a misunderstanding between myself and a young woman. Oscar Wilde Immortal Play, The Importance of Being Earnest. Adapted for radio by Gwendolyn Jensen Woodard. Oh, it is absurd to have a hard and fast rule about what one should read and what one shouldn't. More than half of modern culture depends on what one shouldn't read. A story about dual identities used to escape unwelcome social obligations. My own Ernest. But you don't really mean to say that you couldn't love me if my name wasn't Ernest. But your name is Ernest. Yes, I know it is. But supposing it was something else. Do you mean to say you couldn't love me ah, then? That is clearly a metaphysical speculation. And like most metaphysical speculations, has very little reference at all to the actual facts of real life as we know them. Personally, darling... To speak quite candidly, I don't much care about the name of Ernest. I don't think the name suits me at all. It suits you perfectly. It is a divine name. It has music of its own. It produces vibrations. Well, really, Gwendolen, I must say that I think there are lots of other much nicer names. I think Jack, for instance, a charming name. Jack? No, there is very little music in the name of Jack, if any at all, indeed. It does not thrill. It produces absolutely no vibrations. I have known several Jacks, and they all, without exception, were more than usually plain. Besides, Jack is a notorious domesticity for John. And I pity any woman who is married to a man called John. She would probably never be allowed to know the entrancing pleasure of a single moment's solitude. The only really safe name is Ernest. <laughs> visit www.gypsyaudio.org